0: Mindfulness Mode 528.
1: What inspires me is people. People, people, people. I love people. I love interactions with people.
0: Welcome to Mindfulness Mode. Today we're talking about creativity and my guest is a true creative. Her spirit animal, is the black swan. Now, did you know there's something called the black swan effect? The black swan effect is an unpredictable event that is beyond what is normally expected of a situation and has potentially severe consequences. Black swan events are characterized by their extreme rarity, their severe impact, and the widespread insistence they were obvious in hindsight. Now, I'm sure you realize something about this description. This description of a black swan effect is exactly the description of the COVID-19 pandemic. And my guest has identified with the black swan for quite some time. So what a fascinating coincidence, or not. I do find it quite interesting. Well, I do have a question for you. You know, speaking of the pandemic, are you having trouble sleeping? Recently, because of worry or anxiety, maybe you don't even know why. Well, would you like to be able to lie right down in bed, relax, and drift off to sleep in just two or three minutes? People have told me that that is exactly what they've achieved with the guided sleep meditation that I offer, and it is free just for you, Mindful Tribe. Type in your email address. And I'll send it to you right away. Just go to this link, mindfulnessmode.com sleep. Having a deep, restful sleep is so important to keep your immune system strong and healthy through this COVID-19 time. So today's episode, like I said, it is about creativity. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with Aubrey. Mindful Tribe, I'm here with a creative today and this is going to be a fun talk because she's a writer, she's a fascinating person, her spirit animal is the black swan and we're going to talk about that and why that's her spirit animal and she calls herself a feminine feminist. So we're going to talk about that, too. I think this is going to be a breath of fresh air to talk with Aubrey Nichols today. Aubrey, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: Yes, I absolutely am. I meditated before I came on with you, Bruce. Nice to see you. Nice to be here. Happy Monday.
0: Yeah, happy Monday to you, too, Aubrey. Yes, I'm really looking forward to this chat. I know that uh, you're working on a book with the subtitle, How I Stopped Searching, Starving, and Striving, and Became the Woman of My Dreams. That's a Mm -hmm. pretty intriguing title, that you've become the woman of your dreams. But let's talk about mindfulness for a second. What does mindfulness mean to you, Aubrey?
1: Mindfulness means being in the here and now. It means smelling the smells. It means Hearing the birds chirp, looking at the colors of the trees, watching the waves crash, knowing each one of them is different. It just means you're nowhere else but that present moment. That's what it means to me.
0: So where are you located? Can you look out the window and watch the waves crash, Aubrey?
1: I'm in Los Angeles on the west side, Marina Del Rey, so no, but I do see green trees i see grass i see flies hear birds also the garbage truck but
0: <laughs> yeah the garbage no, truck just I mean, went by just before we hit record didn't it aubrey
1: yeah it's it yeah but i think you know I, I have my writing desk where i can see as many beautiful things as possible and i think a lot of the most beautiful things are the things that are in nature and outdoors
0: Is that what inspires your writing, Aubrey, nature and outdoors?
1: Well, funny enough, no. What inspires me is people, Uh. people, people, people. I love people. I love interactions with people. I love the good ones, the bad ones, the ugly ones. That's actually where I get my steam and my just like really intense emotions that fuels that essay that I got to sit down and write and most likely when I write it, there's going to be a lot of tears and anger because it's like working through something. I got to working through something, whatever that may be. But it usually comes up against when I have an interaction with a person. But nature allows me to just really be present and relaxed. And um, that's what nature does for me, especially getting in the water.
0: And so how much of your writing is on the topic of being a feminist?
1: Well, I would say that being a feminist is sort of a new territory for me. I lived in New York City for the last 20 years. I moved to L.A. very recently, Um, but I grew up in Texas, Houston, Texas, and that is not the land of the feminist. I mean, Texas women are strong, sort of salt of the earth, but they also also beauty queens, super sweet, always say... um, you know, they have upheld the patriarchy. So if any of my writing is about being a feminist, it's probably about the tension about becoming a feminist, but not being brought up a feminist, you know, dating a man who I really want him just still open the door and protect me and Honestly, when I sit down for dinner with him, I won't even reach for my wallet. Does that make me a bad person or a bad feminist? I don't know. So it's usually writing about the tension (laughs) that lies there.
0: And so uh, I mentioned in the intro that your spirit animal is the black swan. So why is that? How did that come to be?
1: Well, I'm very much everything that I am is you always feel see a lot of light a lot of brightness, but there's also a lot of dark, you know, I've been there, I've done that just down in the trenches, you know, there's a grittiness and a texture to me. And so when I saw the movie with Natalie Portman, she's a ballerina, it's titled Black Swan. Um, it really embodied this feeling, this spirit that I think I bring to the table, which is like that texture and and grit and sort of dark, maybe a couple F-bombs paired with this pink, light, bubbly essence. Yeah, so I think that's what I mean. Although we did talk about the black swan means something totally different.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I hit record, I was telling you that the, a black swan event is something totally different. It's an unpredictable event that's beyond what is normally expected of a situation, and it has severe consequences and they're characterized by their extreme rarity and impact and the widespread insistence that they were obvious in hindsight so that's pretty Mm -hmm. much what we're going through now with this world pandemic isn't it
1: yeah 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 so it's just i mean something else
0: yeah being such a people person what's it like for you being quarantined being holed up in your in your place
1: Oh man, I think that you said that. The moment you said that, I almost like tears almost ensued because I think I don't realize how much I'm missing people right now and that energy and you know we have this work around with Zoom where we're doing Zoom chats with all our friends and it's just not the same but you know it's I do feel more connected to others because Globally, we are all in this together. So, as someone, I consider myself a light bringer. Like, I'm here to illuminate the darkness so that others may live in the light. And you know what? On Saturday, I didn't want to illuminate anything. Mm. I wanted to lay in my bed. I had an interview I was supposed to conduct, I canceled it. I mean, shit got real for me, you know, because this is like, and so I think what I count on for people, I mean, on the Zoom calls or these WhatsApp conversations, it's just the continuous lifting up of each other because it's a very up and down emotional roller coaster that we're all on. And so I think I feel blessed. I mean, the question was about people, but I feel blessed to have really mastered the art of knowing how to change my state, master my state know that my circumstances don't determine my mindset. And um so I'm trying to, you know, use those tools to the best of my ability to keep a positive mindset. So
0: how do you change your state then, Aubrey? How do I how do you do it?
1: When I wake up in the morning, I mean I have coffee, I have my journal, I have headphones on, whether I'm listening to a meditation, my upon awakening meditation. As soon as I open my eyes, I say good morning, God, just to acknowledge like a, a presence greater than myself. You know, I listen to a lot of Beyonce and Jay Z, like sometimes such you know Casey and the Sunshine Band, just like a lot of positive vibes coming in. And I journal three pages of stream of consciousness from Julia Cameron's The Artist Way. Then I set intentions for how I want to feel that way. I also have my schedule all set sort of loosely and I try to move my body, you know, in the first like three hours of, of the day. I mean, I definitely move like work out or move or do Pilates or dance or something. That's how I sort of get my set state, my, my state set. So, but if, you know, I hit a roadblock, like on Saturday, I I went down like a dark alley, a mental dark alley, and I couldn't get back, you know, And I actually wasn't able to get back, but a lot of times, sometimes I'll jump on my mini trampoline. So music is a big one. Movement is another big one. You give me about 15 minutes and I'll be able to like work up enough dopamine to where I'll be able to switch that mode. Also, um, dark chocolate is really great. (laughs) Um, You can take a cold shower, um, jump in the ocean, California, closer beaches. So that's not possible right now, but Yeah, I mean, also, what wasn't in my repertoire before was TV. I didn't grow up with TV. I've never really liked it. It's just a lot of noise. But in this global pandemic, I've been really grateful for some stupid, silly Netflix shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's able to take me out of my head and just bring me into this more relaxed place.
0: So since you're a writer, have you been writing articles to help people through this same situation?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely am. I think right now, radical self-care is more, more important than ever, because if we don't tend to our emotional and our our mental well-being right now, we're going to have to pay for it. It's going to linger. The effects will linger long after coronavirus um, has passed. So. You know, I'm definitely writing about self-care strategies because a lot of people are, you know, in, in this crisis, people are empathizing with different groups of people. Some people are empathizing with like your wife is on the front lines as a nurse. You know, some people are empathizing with, oh, the people who elderly who are dying. Really, I'm empathizing with the people who have never sat with themselves without the distractions of life and are really having to meet themselves on the, on the mat, like I say, or sort of like in this quarantine where they're walking around realizing that they can't get out of self and there's mirrors are everywhere. And they're having to really look at the things that they've been trying to outrun. And I'm not saying that I'm not above that because I'm definitely faced with some things that I've been trying to outrun, but, um, you know all of this reflection and time for introspection it's um it's really intense if you've never done it
0: yes it is intense so yes
1: yeah so i am definitely trying to reach out it's definitely through my instagram be really honest with how i'm feeling i think vulnerability is one of my superpowers and i it's also a strength because you remove the guilt when you say i'm feeling scared and anxious and someone else is like oh well i am too And then you guys can just get on with it. Um, I think it's really important for people to be really honest and take down the veil of perfection. And I've got it all together because frankly, if someone says they have got it all together right now, they're absolutely lying.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, I think you're right. But it's interesting that you're writing a book where you say you became the woman of your dreams. So you've been able to create a lot of great things in your own life, haven't you?
1: Yeah. Well, um, in, at least for me, I had spent 35 years of my life filling my insides with the outside. So I had a soul sickness. I didn't really know. I, I felt, I felt like I was never, or never enough. And then what I proceeded to do was, you know, for alcohol, for drugs, for unavailable men, you know, for all of these like wrong relationships, you know, I had struggled with eating disorder, perfectionism, and then I still felt that deep hole in my heart, and it was honestly walking down the aisle, the aisle to a man who I thought he could love me for me, that I would finally be enough, and that was at thirty-five. And three years later, I was in this marriage in New York City. I had houses and. Um, cars and pink diamonds and all of those things. And I had never been more miserable. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. So at that point, I really, with a combination of like exercise plus um, affirmations, um, meditation, meeting myself in, in the silence and journaling, I was able to say enough. I am enough. And I left the marriage that was suffocating my spirit. And I embarked on this journey of self-love so sort of 4 to 5 years later you know i hope i'm becoming <laughs> the the woman of my dreams it's certainly not easy to become the woman of your dreams it's it's a lot easier to become the woman of someone else's dreams but i know that if i don't give myself the love that i want to receive from someone else then it, i'll just be back in that same situation that i was in when i with my ex.
0: So what was the initial move that you made to escape from that relationship that you felt trapped in?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, it it was a series of moves. But what really interestingly enough, like there was the tools, there was like the exercise hanging around a community of loving people. There was the journaling, there was the meditation. But there was actually my therapist told me to read Marie Kondo's book about the magic of tidying up. And she said, you know, there's this woman who has this book. You, it goes, says you go through your things and ask yourself through every book, through every piece of clothing, you ask yourself, does it spark joy? And if it doesn't spark joy, then you kind of let it go. You give it away. You send it on its way. So funny enough, I did that with our home. I was still living with my ex and I went through my closet. And I went from like a whole closet full of clothes to like a quarter of those clothes and books and things. And then finally I had a life that was, I was only surrounded by pink, sparkly, sunflower type activity. I was, you know, riding on the city bikes, spending time with my workout friends. And it was very clear at that point, what didn't spark joy. And My husband was at the top of the list <laughs> mm. so it was the unintended magic of tidying up, but um that was really when I realized that I had to move on.
0: yeah, wow. It's, it sounds like that book had quite an impact on you.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it did. I mean, because honestly, if you think about it, if you're surrounding yourself by everything that makes you truly happy um you know, then the things that don't, don't fit a line with that will stick out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they definitely will. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people reach out to me who are my listeners and talk about mindset and they talk about mm. trying to get into a better place, but they're struggling because they can't figure out how to change their mindset. What would your words of wisdom be to them?
1: So my words of wisdom would be this. Um being happy, and especially right now in uh COVID, this pandemic, being happy is a choice. It's a muscle that you it's that you have to exercise on a daily basis. And um you you know, I have to be vigilant about protecting my energy. And and that's not like I don't live in a box, but it's like surrounding myself by things, by music, um by people that really are positive. And um, And, yeah, I mean it's a lot I mean it's a lot of work. but the more work you do, the more it becomes routine. Um, and the easier it gets. And I would further say that a great sort of really practical brass tacks tool is to, when you journal, if you haven't journaled, you could just take out any sort of notebook. I have like a real old school composition notebook. I write three pages, whatever comes out of my brain. It don't stop. Usually takes me 10 to 15 minutes, but I do like to write how I'm going to feel for that day in the present tense, or like it's already done. So the, an example of this will be. And you can say it out loud when you're writing it out. Like, I am so happy and grateful that I had an amazing day. Oh, I am so happy and grateful that I got two new pieces of business today. Oh my God, today was the best day ever. You know, I am so happy and grateful that I am a best-selling author. People want to be around me. So this is a little over the top, but try to do it and have a smile on your face. It's hard not to get in a good mood. You have to work really, really hard because I noticed you're smiling yeah, right now. Yeah. Right? And
0: the smile makes a big difference.
1: It does. It tells, your, it tells your body something good is happening here. And I'm sure that there's some more scientific explanation for it than that. But um, it's pretty powerful. That's what I would say.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. And that's what Bob Proctor taught me. Uh, when I was in a mindfulness, uh, group with him, I was in a mastermind with Bob Proctor and he taught me what you're saying. And I think it's so important. Now, one of the things I teach my coaching clients is about, um, their inner bully. We talk about their inner bully and how to approach that. And I know you talk about your inner mean girl. So how do you deal with your inner mean girl?
1: Oh, she just, she keeps on, you know what? She's been with me for a long time and I imagine she'll still be with me um, throughout my life. But you know what? I just, my inner mean girl is that inner critic, that voice that tells me, um, I can't do it, that I'm not enough, that I'm not skinny enough, too old. Um, And she just doesn't, she's not really helpful. But the thing is, is the inner mean girl got her script from probably my parents or she got, you know, she picked up this script and she kind of made it her own. She's been whispering in my ear. So how do I, I just notice her. And I thankfully through like affirmations, positive affirmations combined with movement, I've been able to crowd out her voice with more positive, Um, belief systems. And, you know, I, I don't want to fight her because she's always there, but I really got to, I have to notice that she is almost an addiction for me. Having her there is almost like an addiction pattern um, way of thinking. And so if I can able, I can, if I can separate myself from what she says, which is just the thoughts that I'm having, that I don't see myself as those thoughts. And then I don't feel the way that she wants me to feel. And even as I'm talking about her right now, tells you that I know enough that she's over there and I'm over here. Like, I'm good. And she's just a bunch of bad thoughts. Right, right. (laughs) Does that make sense? That
0: does make sense. Yeah. Okay. That really makes sense. You know, as we all experience this COVID pandemic thing together, I have a feeling that some people may be hitting against challenges like addiction to different things or whatever. Uh, What are your words to someone that might be struggling with addiction right now? Because you've had some addiction challenges yourself, haven't you?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I've been sober from alcohol and drugs for 15 years. Um, Partially, I went to meetings. Now I don't. Now I have like a different way to seek source. And um, but for me, I think staying connected is the most important thing that you can do. And if you just remember, you're only as sick as your secrets and as much as you can reveal, maybe it's not in your makeup, it's in my makeup to sort of put it out there, but you're, I promise you're not as bad as you think you are. The way you feel is not, you're not the only one. So if you put that kind of stuff out there to another person, um, it allows your voice to be heard. You can, you're acknowledged, you know, and they'll most likely say, Oh, me too. And I think that there's real power in that. Um, Yeah. So I think that just stay connected at all costs right now. I mean, even if you're on zoom calls or zoom meetings, I know they have tons of them, tons of them right now, even until like your head hits the pillow, just don't be alone right now. I think that's the most important thing.
0: Do you still consider yourself an addict?
1: You know, not, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I don't, I think sometimes I say I am to try to fit in with the people who still go to meetings, but, um, I have an addictive personality. Yes. But I don't think that 12-step programs have cornered the market on addictive thinking. (laughs) So I think that, you know, I love to be skinny and six years old. I looked down at my thighs. I thought they were too big and I will have done whatever it takes to sort of maintain that, or I did whatever it took to maintain that. And so that included a lot of drugs, um, exercise, not eating. Um, but I do think that I'm just not interested in that label anymore. It kept me small and I, Grew, i know how to play small and i want to play big i want to take up space and so um i haven't i have i go big or go home there's no doubt about that but i mean i go big on sparkling water these days yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. there's no you know and i mean the idea of like <clears throat> doing you know cocaine it looks really amazing in that movie casino or blow i mean believe me it's still sexy I still think it's sexy, but do I want to stick some powder up my nose? No, not really. No, thank you. But I realized that for some people, the allure, not only the thought, but the behavior is still there. So what I would say is take that to someone else who's, you know, a recovering addict, alcoholic, et cetera, and share about it and um, stay connected.
0: What were your dreams when you were seven years old, Aubrey?
1: Oh, good question. So this is why, I mean, being a writer is so hard. It, you, there's this quote, and I always forget who says it, but I, it says, I don't love writing. I love having written. Uh. And so the thing is, is my dream when I was seven was that I was sitting in my dad's lap and he was sitting there like reading this book to me, but it was of my life. So we were like turning the pages of this book and it was of my life and it was a reoccurring dream. I always had it. And I'm not sure if I had it because I was like just dissociated from much, much of my life or I was supposed to be a writer, but I'll just take... Um, that I was supposed to be a writer. And so therefore I'm writing this memoir titled Enough.
0: <laughs> I think that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So you always wanted to be a writer pretty much.
1: Always, always. Yeah. And I always, always really enjoyed it. And I I got, you know, I got praised for it. And, um, you know, and I, and I, and I liked doing that. So it's, um, it's important to lean into that. And I think for me as, you know, being a light bringer, self-love advocate in this world today, it's, you know, I, I, there's Instagram, there's YouTube, there's, you know, Facebook, you can do Facebook lives, you can do all of these things, but I always, I really, you know, there's coaching, but I, the writing is my foundation. That's my platform. That's where my strength is. That's where all the realness comes. And so I just try to stick to that.
0: Was there ever a time in your life when you didn't write?
1: I mean, I always have. I think getting published messes me up a little bit.
0: In what way? It's like
1: kind of, um, it's kind of like, um, it just makes it hard to write an ugly first draft. Because once you get published you're like okay I just want to write it for this pe- this editor I want to write this is what it's going to be versus sitting down and just writing what I want to write with all the feelings not worrying about where it's going to be published if it's going to be published or what it's even about because mm. sometimes sitting down to write you don't even know what you're going to end up writing about that's what the most beautiful thing about it um yeah but that's my current challenge right now is um trying to get back to the ugly first draft and being okay with that. And that is just a straight up release of perfection and letting go.
0: You've written for the observer, the week elite daily. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite publication to write for? Or do you have a favorite?
1: Um, I don't have a favorite yet because I still have like a cup, you know, I have several ones like the New York times. I want to get a clip Washington post for solo-ish. I want to get a clip. So I still have some ones that I'm aiming for. Um, but at this point it's, I mean, you know, I'm a consultant in my day life, you know, I writing isn't doesn't bring in the majority of my income yet. So, I mean, this is a new game for me to pitch publications, to, to start to see like what publications like, what works, what doesn't, I mean, and relatively, I get paid very little for writing an essay, but to me, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. It's just like a new, it's a, it's a whole new field I'm learning.
0: That's cool. That's really
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun. I really like it. And when I get, um, my friends can't stand it when, you know, but I always say, Oh, I got rejected by Oprah. Oh, the times rejected me twice this week. I'm like, I'm in the game.
0: That is in know? the game. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, that's like amazing. I yeah. mean, no, I mean, you just have to put a, put stuff out there yeah. and, or else you're never, you know, it only takes one. Yes.
0: True. True. <laughs> I always ask a question about bullying. Uh, do, do you have a story for us where you were bullied or maybe you were the mean girl? Maybe you were a bully. Do you have a story where mindfulness would have made a difference?
1: Man. Yeah. I, I mean... Well, it's mindfulness. I just think I have always been my own worst bully. I mean, honestly, people could be outside of me saying, you are wonderful, you are lovely, you are doing it all right. And in my brain, up until around five to six years ago, it's, I would just think that they were all lying mm. because my, the, my internal chatter was just so against me. And I just and and like I said, it became the game, such a a program that was just running in the background. I never even thought to question it. Mm. I just believed it is truth. So I don't really remember other people's bullying me. I mean, I remember feeling left out, but. I mean, I feel left out here too now, (laughs) 42 years old, I feel left (laughs) out. (laughs) So, I mean, that's something I kind of have taken with me, but yeah, I think the biggest challenge is to just really become my own best friend, my own champion that is, and just give the inner mean girl a vacation.
0: (laughs) And and it sounds like you're really doing that. You've really made a, uh, a change in your life, and did that change happen when you moved to LA, or was it before that?
1: No, you know what the good thing was—I got happy before I moved to LA. I was happy in New York, and um, I really had a handle on. I would, I got on the way, I got on my way. I got I kind of like reinvented myself from the inside out, and so I'm um, definitely coming to LA and being around nature. I am thriving, not having to. Slept groceries home and just throwing them in the back of my car. It just gives me a lot of energy being able to jump in the ocean and not be cold. I'm in the right place for sure. Yeah. I'm definitely in the right place.
0: And Aubrey, you have a black belt in truth telling. And the truth telling is inner. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, the truth telling is 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 about I I really try to keep it real. And I find that when I do, I'm a lot healthier. I know that Brene Brown had this quote around, she said the most compassionate people that she knows are the most boundary people. And what she meant is like, they tell you where they stand, where they end, where they begin, what's okay with them. Something doesn't sit right. And that helps people feel safe. And so I just really want to feel safe. I didn't feel safe growing up. I had a lot of people who wouldn't really say what was really going on. I took that on myself. I made up my own stories. I didn't feel safe. So what I really want to do is help people feel safe. And I think by just keeping it real, and guess what? You know, last night, my roommates, I'm like, can you guys not start cooking the chicken at 10 p.m. right when I'm going to go to sleep and the smell comes up into my room? You know, I mean, just stuff like that. I really just try to keep it real, cut to the chase. and hopefully you know, that works for people. It works for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it a- works
1: for my right. It works for my writing.
0: That's great. Aubrey, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just I'm ready. 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life?
1: I would definitely say Glennon Doyle Malton. She is uh, author of Love Warrior, and she talks about Meeting herself on the mat when she was going through a divorce on a yoga mat and how scary that was. So, that's one person who has influenced me.
0: All right. Thank you. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Aubrey?
1: Well, I have an intense emotional life. So, I would, it has made me more steady, less reactive. It's given me a pause in between thought and action. And that's been huge.
0: Awesome. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness.
1: Oh, breathing is such the power that we all have right within us, right? Especially in these times. Breath is, tells my body that everything is just fine. And I use it all the time. I do breath work. I am just, I mean, there's so much more to explore in our lungs. But breath is very, very powerful. A very, very powerful tool for me.
0: Well, you recommended a book a minute ago. Love or your is there are there any other books that you would recommend that are related to mindfulness?
1: I would say there is a book that I'm reading right now called By Yourself, the Freaking Lilies. Well, they're after and and other self-care tactics that will change your life. But it's a really good book by Tara Schuster. It's all about self-care. And she talks a lot about journaling and other mindful practices. So that's one book. It just came out.
0: I'll put it in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com. So Mindful Tribe, check it out. I haven't had anybody recommend that book until you did, Aubrey. So yeah, that's great. That's great.
1: Another book okay. is The Untethered, uh, oh, Untethered Soul. Don't
0: you love that? I love uh, that book.
1: <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, it's a real good one. I love that book. Yeah,
0: yeah me too. It was so hard to put down.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I just read the whole thing almost at once. Anyway, can you share an app which can help with mindfulness in some way?
1: Oh, sure. So the meditation app that I use on the daily, if not twice daily, is Insight Timer. Yes. Insight timer. So I love that one. It's the only one I've ever used. I listened to Sarah Blomden.
0: It's a great app.
1: Yeah. That's the one I use.
0: Yeah. I use it too. I really like it a lot. There's so much good stuff on there. So, yeah, it's been really fun talking to you and uh, you just seem so easy to chat with and so down to earth. And and I love how creative you are and how you embrace creativity in your life every day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I try to. I try to just especially with all this time in in self-quarantine to really let it flow. Yeah. I appreciate it. I thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure.
0: Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. And your website, I'm pretty sure it's at aubreynichols.com. Isn't that correct? Mm-hmm. And we better Aubrey make Nichols. sure Yeah, we better make sure everybody knows how to spell it. dot mm-hmm. com. Thank you. Yeah.
1: You can also follow my Instagram at Aubrey, A-U-B-R-E-E dot Nichols, N-I-C-H-O-L-S for some, some posts that keep it raw and real, couple F-bombs. It will never fail to make, to disappoint, make you laugh, lift you up. It's, it's a fun time joining cool. me there. That's yeah. cool.
0: That's cool. Well, thank you so much for being on Mindfulness Mode today, Aubrey. It's been really, really fun.
1: Oh, great. Thank you. Yep. Have a great day.
0: I will. Bye now. Thanks for listening, Mindful Tribe. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about the sleep meditation, the free sleep meditation that can help you drift off to sleep. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com sleep to get that free guided meditation and of course we always appreciate if you subscribe and leave a review for our show it's been so great to have you here today and just take what we've learned today so till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode